curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything, Mr. Curiosity. Alrighty, folks, I'm uh, Joe Snedeker, but you know who else I am, right? The guy next to me, don't say it. You don't know who, we don't know who you are yet. I'm Mr. Curiosity, and I'm curious about uh, a guy sitting next to me that I've known since I started here, but he has a rich history at WNEP, a legion of fans. Uh, 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 what else? Keep going. <laughs> it's Don Jacobs! <laughs> I don't even know if that's your real name. It is my real Do you think I changed Donald? I'm, I'm actually a junior, a Donald Michael Jacobs Jr. So that Don Jacobs I've always gotten. Well, you know how some people look like their name? You look like, to me, not a oh, Donald. I would say like Frank Al, really, Joe? See, none of the above. Larry, I don't act like a, I don't act like a Frank or a Larry. I act like a Donald. You think? Yeah, I, I right. definitely do. So I have a question before you get started. What's the bell all about? Oh, the bell. Yeah. So um, whenever Mister Curious gets too curious, right, makes someone uncomfortable, which is not going to happen with you, right? You have the option to just hit this, and then I have to shut up. How many people have belled you already? Uh, Sister Mary Alice, smack, <laughs> she smacked. She, she hit the bell a couple times. I think John Meyer hit the bell a couple times. But what I hope to go through is your life, your history. You have a rich okay. history here. You've done a lot, seen a lot, yeah. put a lot of hats on, and then we'll get to uh, your podcast. Okay. And maybe at the end of this, I have some uh, interesting listener emails oh, no. and te- the things they want to know you about opened you. opened it up to the public. <laughs> this is going to be bad. You're right. bad enough, and now you're public. You're opened it up to. Great. So I'm going to make uh, – well – I'm going to make a prediction here. I'm just trying to do some math, and I'm not trying to be insulting. Don Jacobs, born in northeastern Pennsylvania in 1962. 60. 60. All right. I'm an old fart, man. 59 years old. I just celebrated a birthday two weeks ago. Yeah, but I respect the fact that you're not hiding that. You know those no. guys? That did, like, no. I know. Who are those people? And, and in television, I mean, if you're radio, you could hide, hide your age. But everybody sees me. They watch me get old, bald, yeah. you know, round. I went from round's a shape, by the way. I'm in shape. But I, round's a shape. But, yeah, I mean, people have seen me get old. I have no problem with that. I know. It's, it's an honor. These people that hide it, I say, what are you afraid right. of, man? Let the gray show. Let the wrinkles show. Let it all show. And I think age there becomes not only a credibility, but, but it, it's almost like you've become a part of the family. And let's face it, families get older, you know, grand fathers yeah. become grandfathers, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I think I'm aging almost gracefully. I'll say you're sexy. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. <laughs> All right, this podcast is over here. And- sexy! <laughs> sexy! All right, so there you are. It's 1960. Yeah. Where are we? We're in West Pittston, oh. Wyoming Area School District. Um, I'm one of four kids, so I'm the, I'm the second child. So my sister Lisa's the oldest, and then me, and then my brother Paul. And my sister Andrea and my mother was like a rabbit. Every twenty months, we had she had a kid for the for like six, seven, eight years. I mean, th- this is in a time when I think uh, birth control was still controversial. Yeah, I, based I, on religion. I don't and think based anybody on, thought about it back. Yeah, then. it's like just a way of life. You have yeah, kids you until have you kids. really until you either can't or until you just say, "Boy, I'm I'm done because I don't want to cook for five people or yeah. six people." And the know? beauty of it was, I think kids weren't a big deal. Like, okay, there's another one. Now, you know, it's right. not like now where it's the me generation. Look at me. Everything's about this child. Mm-hmm. Look at them. They have a. Uh, 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 not only a birthday party, but a six-month party, a 12, <laughs> yeah. a one and a, and then when it's their birthday, when they're teenagers, yeah. birthday week, birthday oh, month, I know, I know. shut up. I know, but how about this, though? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to throw this out there. Okay. My producer, 
right? Brian Hollingshead. Without him, it would be radio, right? And most people would say not good radio. But without Brian, it wouldn't be Pennsylvania Afterlife. He's expecting his fourth child. So he I went, didn't even know that. He went back to the the bigger family, the better. He's got three boys Every, wow. in, in, into everything, and he's expecting his fourth child. So I'm going to say I grew up with four, you know, four of us as kids. Yeah, um, they're all going to grow up as friends. They're going to play yep. games together. I don't think it's a bad thing to have a, a, a big family if you can afford it, and if you, you know, if you have the stability to have one. He runs around like crazy. Him and Caitlin. Yeah, but did you see? You just said if you could afford it. No one thought that in the fifties. Oh 60s. no, 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 they didn't. <laughs> you know, my my grandmother always had a saying. You know, if if, um, if Somebody else comes over for dinner, just throw another cup of water in the soup. You know, you could stretch anything. You yeah. really can. Peel a couple more potatoes. Yeah, and so, then just stick another one in the same bedroom. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Are, three of you are going to share that I one room. I slept on my brother until ninth grade, and then I, I started I, uh, sleeping on the floor. Isn't it just that got something? Weird. But that's why we're great people. That's, that's I why think we're the is. second greatest generation. Who's the first? You know, the World War II guys. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> so uh, what did your mom and dad do for a living? What are these guys? My mother was a nurse, and okay. to help pay for everything, my mother worked the weekend overnights. My father worked at Coca-Cola for 42 years. He started as a kid just what are you? stacking the trucks with Coca-Cola cases. Here. And at, when he retired, he was fixing Coca-Cola vending machines. I didn't know that. 42 years as a teamster with a Coca-Cola bottling company. So your whole life growing up, like, Coke is this this thing that's it, accessible? It's- it, oh, absolutely. And he was a hardworking man. You know, he. I mean, it's not easy being a laborer and looking at your paycheck go, because there's yeah. four mouths to feed, four kids to put clothing on. You know, the neighborhood would send over bags of clothes that their kids grew out of. I don't even know if people do that these days. I know. But, yeah, but we, yeah, you're I, right. I used to get hand-me-downs, and I was looking through the bag thinking, I, I think I'll look good in this. You know? <laughs> I wasn't shopping. We were, we were relatively a poor family growing up. Uh, I, I, I'm similar, and, and that's the beauty of it, though, because you didn't know it at the time. Everyone was like that, it seemed. It and did. that's what gave you uh, grounded uh, feelings, vibes, guts, yeah. glory, the, the feeling of the community. Yeah, but you know what? Um, and I don't resent any of this, but it would have been nice had we had a little bit more money to maybe have, like, a pair of designer sneakers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Or once, like, not wear a hand-me-down. Or And my parents worked hard, and they put new clothes on for us on us for Christmas and Easter. I mean, we were always dressed like that. But I I think a little more money growing up would have been a little nice thing. But since we didn't have it, we didn't miss it, you know? Yeah, you don't know uh, what you don't have. If your friends don't have it either, there's nothing to be envious of. And that's that's kind of with me. All my buddies were similar to me. So the same type of thing. So you're public school guy? Yeah, definitely. Where's that? 100% Wyoming area. I'm going to make a prediction. You're a football player. Yeah. You're a jock. Captain of the football team. No, you're not. President of the class. Get out of yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. President of the What does grad- that mean, captain of the football team? Um, there were three of us that the coach just thought, you know, um, hey, these guys deserve to be a little bit of a leader, and that was it. And plus, we got all the chicks. <laughs> <laughs> Don, I hate to tell you, she can't say chicks anymore. Oh, no? Why? No, Is that politically yeah, incorrect? Yeah, that's politically. We, we, we were frequently dating all the beautiful women. There you go. Beautiful, that? though. You can't say okay, beautiful. Okay, so can't. they were women. <laughs> <laughs> this, this week it still say, I think. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to predict your position. Go you, to me, you're like a fullback Ooh, or, or... I was always slow, buddy. Or, or, or so, so you're on the line. Mm-hmm. Offensive or defensive? Both. Line? Both. Uh, yeah, <laughs> offensive guard, defensive end, and it was all conference and all this and blah, blah, blah for defensive end. 
So yeah. it's like 1975, 6, 7, 8. 78, I graduated. Yeah. And you're a football player. Mm-hmm. And volleyball. You got the cheerleader staring at you. Yep. You got you got a cool car when you're 16. No, no. Remember, I'm poor. <laughs> okay, I borrowed right. my grandmother's Chevy Caprice, and it was an old lady's car. <laughs> but she'd give it to me because my father needed our car to go back and forth to work in. So no, I was not like the the right. fancy. I know. I kind of said that for a joke. Who, who, yeah, would, yeah. who from our time got a car when they were 16? No I'm like, kidding. Yeah, oh, yeah. Come yeah. on. Now they the kids get to pick what color of car they want when they're 16. Oh, I don't like that one. <laughs> I need all-wheel drive. And I'll tell you what. And air conditioning. And again, if the if parents these days can do it, okay. But I think that when I finally bought my first car, I deserved it. I yeah. earned it. I knew where I was in life. You know, that kind of a deal. And I don't want to sound old and no, blah, blah, I blah. Think but, that, yeah, but, I, but I got in that car and I started it and I knew that I paid for it and that I'm paying the insurance. And it was just a good feeling. There's amazing worth and value in that. Yeah, absolutely. You can only appreciate something if you have to buy it or earn it. And if something's free, it has no value. That's just the way life is. I, I think you're that. right. Yeah, I, in I most do. cases. You know, and we, and not that we made our daughters, like, work all the time, but they were always out and about and doing something, and they were always, you know, appreciative of anything they got. I don't know about kids these days, and I'm not speaking because I'm not raising I know, we're the old guys talking like that. But you yeah. don't have daughters yet. We're in 1978. No, we're only in 78. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, yeah, high school. So went, then... Then when when do you think I need a living? I don't I don't maybe I do want to work in right. a Coke uh, truck. Maybe I don't. <laughs> what were you thinking? Well, I was automatically thinking college, and what yeah. I I knew that I love the outdoors, but I oh wasn't, yeah, I forgot to mention that. So through your teenage years, were you like a hunter, hunt, fisher, all that? Every Saturday we hunted or fished, depending upon the season. Sort of lived on on like and again, I don't want to sound poor, but if we put a, a deer in the freezer, that was a lot of meat. Yeah, so that helped out. Um, we did a lot of fishing, so we were always putting um, trout in a frying pan or bass from the river. So was um, we your dad and me, my or dad something? and my grandfather. Right, and I had a mentally retarded uncle that would come along. Uncle Jimmy Is loved that right? him, learned more from him. I think that's where I got my love for charities and helping people that can't do things. Um, yeah, and my brother Paul, and and I, my my father, women didn't do that. You know, girls oh, don't yeah. do that. And oh, I, I, I think my sisters even resent it to this day because they weren't allowed to do that. They stayed home and cleaned the house and did things with my mother. And the boys went fishing and hunting. That's one thing I'm kind of glad that mentality is done with these I days. I do, too. You know, when yeah. we go back to the old days. My dad would not let me have, in the 70s, G.I. Joes were becoming popular. Is that right? My son will not play with any dolls, he would say. Oh, yeah. That yeah, was a not, doll, even I, though it was carrying a gun? Yeah, it still couldn't happen. It was a doll. I remember him saying, <laughs> my mom and him got in an argument once. Yeah. I wanted a G.I. Joe. And he said, no dolls. Oh, no geez. dolls for my boys. <laughs> <laughs> I so think, I never had one. I thought everybody grew up I want a G.I. Joe now. Oh, gosh. Now, he was a good guy, but uh, like you said, different times. Yeah. So uh, w- w- when it comes time to have a career and a life, yeah. what are you thinking when you're a I'm, senior? I'm, think, and you're... I'm thinking environment, right? I, I'm thinking I want to do – I want to be a Ranger Rick. Like, Is that right? Yeah. So I went I went to school to be you know an environmental study major. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, well, it didn't last long. I, okay. I, I, <laughs> I really, really stunk at all the chemistry. What school is this? East Stroudsburg University. Get out yeah, of here. It was here. East Stroudsburg State College at the time. Yeah. Actually. And I went to school, and I loved, I loved the idea of college too much, right? I mean, I, 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 I was a partier. Again, huh? I, was, I was a partier. I, you know, and, football and team. I tried, 
but I was just way too small. Oh, okay. I mean, these guys were just, you know, I, I, remember, I remember going into the weight room, and, and East Stroudsburg was known for phys ed teachers. Yeah. And I sat down at the bench press, and I'm looking, and I look over, and there's a lady, bench, a woman bench pressing, like, my body weight. And I thought, I'm so small in here. Like, I'm not even lifting half of my weight, you know, but... Um, were, you, were you, like, a, 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 a husky kid then? I was no? always husky. You in were fact, always. I hated that word, because when we went shopping... <laughs> My mother Chubby, said, do you have a, you a do, do you have a do you have husky, a husky section? <laughs> <laughs> it was small, medium, yeah. large, and then husky, and I was always the husky one. Now I'm not trying to falsely flatter you, but you seem like a very bright guy, and intelligence is a spectrum. Right. But uh, d- d- is it that you didn't you, I you didn't couldn't hack myself, the chemistry and physics, or you just didn't want to apply yourself? You know, it got to the point where I had I had too much. I had too much of a social life. I was working, okay, in, right. working in the theater, right? I loved coming home. Um, I just didn't, I didn't apply myself. The first year and a half, I was like on quadruple secret probation. Is you know, that right? Yeah, like academically. Yeah, I mean, I, I just did not. So you did chemistry lab for three hours? Yeah, or no. no. In fact, <laughs> I was probably skipping more than I was making. And I'm not afraid to, to say it no, because I love at, it. at the end result, I mean, 40 years later, look at me here. You know, so I'm, I guess I did okay. So when it's this freshman year yeah. and you're not, you're, you're partying. Right. You're in your grandmother's car. Right. Your, your dad's saying, oh, come on, son, you're, you got you to gotta work harder. Are right. you almost failing out? Or? Um, yeah, but I mean, I probably would have made it. You know, but I, I I knew I had to change my major. I was never going to do it in environmental studies. So when did you change? Freshman well, here's, year. Here's a good story. So, <laughs> so again, you have to take a speech class. You have to do this. Yeah. And that. yeah. So I'm I'm a little hungover going to class, and I realize, oh my goodness, I I have to write my first speech. So I back in the day, you did everything on index cards. So I sat in the student union with the coffee and wrote my speech on napkins because I didn't have any. No preparation. No preparation at all. <laughs> Warren Gaysink was the teacher. I go into class. Okay, Mr. Jacobs, and I get up and I give this speech. And when, he, when I sit down, he says, Mr. Jacobs, will uh, you see me after class, please? And I'm thinking, oh, he saw me in the student union. I got napkins and not index cards, <laughs> right? I'm done. He, class leaves. He calls me up. He says, well, what's your major? And I told him, and he, he said, how are you doing it? I said, I'm not. I'm failing. He said, I want to be your advisor. You have the gift for gab. Change your major right now no, to he... speech communications. No. I went 4.0 the rest of the two and a half years in college. This is excellent. This is like a, so that theater. moment in time. If this were a movie, that would be like a big gutsy scene. I talk about that gentleman, God rest his soul, because he has since passed, but he turned my life around. Warren Gasing. And then I was also working in the theater, fell in love with the theater, so I have a speech communications and a theater degree. So it was just like that click. So uh, you do have that way. It's the voice. It's the gestures. Oh, a command thank you. of the language. Yeah. But didn't you know that when you were 17? Not 18? really. Well, I mean, I, maybe I did because I was yeah, a class you're fo- president. You're class and, president. Yeah, right. You're football. Uh, but I wanted environmental. I wanted environmental. Yeah. But when I, I started teaching his class, tutoring, he would call me and say, I'm not coming to class today. We get up in front. You know the, you know the assignment. Yeah. The guy saved, I'm not going to say saved my life, but the guy put me in a direction where I am today. One college professor that cared enough to say, wait for me after class. So there's a lesson to everyone out there, whether you're a parent, uh, a teacher, an educator. Yeah, make a difference in someone's life. Yep, you can make a difference. So, so now you're graduating from East Stroudsburg. It's uh, it's 1972. Yep. Um, uh Uh-oh. Job time. Do you go back home to Pitt State? Not really. 
because here's here's the better part of the story. So <laughs> it's the uh, wait. It's, there's it, more. It, it's the summer of uh, it's the summer of 1982, and I um, went to the department head and I said I want to do an internship. And they said, well, we don't have that program in here. I said, well, I want to do an internship, and I want it at Channel 16. They said, if you get them interested, we'll see it. They fought me all the way. So weren't internships a popular thing then? Not or? at that school. Not, like they not were, at East they were, No, they were sending them out for everything else, but not in the speech communications field. Ah. So I, I said, okay, well, I'm, I'll write the, the whole thing, how many hours, whatever. So I got an internship at WNEP. Who'd you address that to here? Do you remember? Um, to, to the department head at the time, and I forget, Phil Hendren was one of them because okay. he was in the theater end of Don't it. Don't know. Then, no, I mean, I, I, but anyhow, so I just went to him and I said, can we do it? So I came here to Channel 16. Bob Absher was here, right? And at the time, I think Bob Carroll was another name. I if you remember, remember Bob yeah, Carroll. Yeah. And he was an anchor, right? He, was, he like, was an anchor, yep. But he was in charge of like the publicity amongst the... Pro- <laughs> so I sat with him and I said, here's what I want to do. He said, if the school allows you, okay. So I set it up for, for um, 18 credits, 400 hours of work at WNEP. But you kind of created this, this whole paradigm yeah. that you're diving into. Now wait, because at the end I had a really good moment because... I interned for the whole summer, and they sent me everywhere. They were get putting me. I went to Philadelphia to log the, the tall ships coming into the harbor. I mean, Channel 16 treated me like an employee. So I graduated from college, but I couldn't be there at, in August because I was field producing the Little League World Series for the ABC affiliates as an intern. So I was at the Little League World Series when I should have been graduating. So this is like the fall of yeah, that Yeah, this, uh, this is the fall. The whole summer I interned. So right into August or September, whatever it was. And I came back and I said to Sue McInerney, who was the news director, I said, Sue, I said, I don't care what I have to do. I'm now officially un- unemployed. I don't care what I have to do. I will clean the windows and scrub the floors. I want to work here. And those were my exact words. Monday morning, I get a phone call. They fired the night assignment editor. Do you want a job? I said, I'll take it. When do I start? She said, this afternoon. And I had planned to leave that morning to go fishing in Canada with my buddies for graduation. So this is great how you create, you blaze the trail. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't understand the TV <coughs> world, a nighttime Simon, uh, editor. Simon editor, you're the guy who sits up there. Right. And uh, stories come in. Scanners. Someone calls and says, scanners. hey, and there's yep. a fire in Berwick or there's a bear on the streets right. in Scranton. Yeah. And then you send out. I send out the It's crews. almost like a bossy position it, in a way. I, you're I, organizing I, skills. And, yeah. I see the assignment desk as like the, the helm of the Starship Enterprise. Like yeah. somebody sits there and says, okay, grab the live truck and go here. And at the time we had Skycam. So it would be send the helicopter here. The pictures are better. What reporter? Who's on call? That kind of stuff. So in, in 82, 16 was already a dominant force we had just stole it bob oh. absher i think we were two years number one at 82 but, so but back in you, the 70s it was wyou and bre and everybody and, was sort of like and that's when we started fighting. breaking loose we broke loose bob absher is the one that i would credit for that and and the other people in the newsroom yeah. he sought a, a lead point and he just started taking the station and next thing you know we're number one now we're killing people number two like burying number two and three and we've been number one ever since so when you were when you were looking for a place to internship why'd you pick 16 did you feel it had something yeah i did i did i mean i just i just loved it it was one little building at the airport i love the people don't forget we all grew up with hatchy malachi i was gonna say give me some flashbacks from late 70s early 80s hatchy malachi uncle ted's ghoul school 
Yeah, the um, backyard weather that had something back, different. That backyard was weather. Dorothy Lucy on midday sixteen. Don't remember that. Frank Andrews was 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 the um, anchor. Jake Christopher. Yeah, remember oh, those that dollar names? for dollar and all that stuff. All that stuff. They, so it was kind of campy. It you was. knew there's something there. I know, and and it, it made everybody. That station started making everybody feel like you were listening and talking to your family. Yeah, and not some liked. stuffy news guy yeah. behind a desk, exactly. sterile and unfriendly. Yep. Plus, they were doing tele. We we started doing um, uh, parades and yeah. telethons and all that kind of stuff. And I just wanted in. So, so did you? Were you like this young punk, and you were like uh, impressed by everyone here? Like, oh my God, there's Jay yeah, Christopher be, there. A little bit, right? To begin, yeah. I mean, yeah. I learned a lot from those guys. You know, Nolan Johannes was the night anchor. I learned a lot from Nolan Johannes. You know, and I worked with them in the newsroom for eight years before they they asked me to do Pennsylvania Outdoor Life. So for eight years, I I learned the. So news that was your business. position here. I was the night assignment editor for one and a half years, and then I became the assignment manager, and I ran the whole. But this is all through part. the '80s. Yeah, there's no Pennsylvania Outdoor Life. There's no Pennsylvania Outdoor Life started in 1982, the same time that I started my job here. So for the first eight years, it was Joe Zone, Stan Soa, Mike Stevens would sit there. And they just had like a little fake uh, cutout brick. <laughs> yeah, it was a brick thing Facade. against the wall in one of the, in one of the, uh, the studios. But it was a neat thing. I mean, well, who nobody made that? Ever, Do you know? Um, I don't. But I it don't. existed. So when you got here, there's this thing that you were yearning for since you yeah. were a kid. Well, no, because it started the same time that I did. And I actually said, that show will never make it. You know, there's no way it's going to make it. Cause yeah, were you looking your chops, looking at it, thinking, I can do that, or that didn't even no, occur? No, it didn't occur. I was so in the, oh, I was bitten by the news bug. Oh. I mean, I loved working 12, 16-hour days on when it was flooding or when there was yeah. a disaster. I mean, you get bit by the news bug, and that's all you want. You know, you want to work. You want to be there. You want to do that. You want to scoop the other stations. I didn't think about POL at all. Not at all. And were you living at home at the time? I was living with my grandmother in Pittston. <laughs> the, the woman who gave you her the car? The one, yeah, well, well sure. But so she's all alone? But no, but listen, so, so <laughs> honest to goodness, Gross. so I, I get a call on that Monday morning yeah. after I graduate. You got the job, Jake. I said, okay. I asked my grandmother if she would co-sign a loan for me. I went to Abraham Chevrolet. That's the day I got the job. You have a job. Now you want a car. And I want a car. And I bought a Chevy Chevette for $4,600. Tiny little death yep. boxes. Yep, uh huh. With the hatchback yeah. and the whole bit. My grandmother co signed for me, and I drove out of there. I said, I really need it tomorrow. So I, I used her car for new one day. New or used? New, brand new. $4,600. Yep. But I went to the news director and said, This is the real deal, right? You're hiring me. You know, this is not just a, a temporary thing. Yeah. And they, they, she said, No, no, you're, you're the night assignment editor. You got the job. And I went and bought a car. First time I ever owned a car. On what happened to her car hired. that she gave you? Was it failing? No, just... no, no. But she didn't give it to me. She still drove. Oh, I see. She All was right. driving. I, she'd have to sit at home. She, did you have to take her and, like her get a perms and well, stuff? Well, and not only that, but she taught dancing oh, at the man. senior citizens until she was 91 years old. She taught polkas and line dancing uh, at the senior citizen center. So, so she picturing, needed a car. I'm saying I'm picturing some old lady, but she was probably in her 50s to 60, right? At, at the that time, point, yeah. Yeah, we probably, th yeah. our age, maybe yeah, a little yeah, later. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, Millie shook this, gave me a car, and let me use it, and it was great. But and Grimes I, was living I, alone, though? Yeah, she was living alone. We, we lost my grandfather a long time ago. So, so. there you are living in her place? Did and, you, did and, she and get in each other's nerves? No, not at all. She would cook for me, and I would take out the ashes. And, you know, would, back in the day, she still had coal, I believe. And if, yeah. she, and if she didn't, I'd cut the grass and all that kind of stuff. I mean, no, I, 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 we worked well together. Did you bring uh, in that uh, Chevette? 
Chevelle or Chevette? Chevette. Uh, yeah, Did Chevy you bring uh, pretty young chicks back to Graham's house or no? Well, Graham would go to Florida. <laughs> there we go. There to, we go. To, to no bell. He's going right at it. He's going in. I'm just saying. He's we, going right in. Graham's, Graham's house on the top of Tompkins Street was a very nice place. That's all I'm going to say. Wow. Yeah. There was partying. There was oh. women. And Channel 16 parties. So there were a lot of people that would come up. And, but she knew it. There I was, was debauchery. 20, I was, was 23, t- 24. She knew I was throwing parties. Graham's is in Florida away. for months. She's in Florida. Florida. In fact, let's share a story. So Dave Crisanda, who's simply just retired. <laughs> He's a boss man. He, he was, was a boss right? man. Yeah. But he was the he was the producer. I was the he was sort of like the executive producer. And I was the assignment manager. And we threw a party at Millie Shook's house. Right. So we invite everybody. We call it the wine and cheese, the, the wine and sleaze party, whatever. <laughs> Somebody pours a glass of red wine on my my grandmother's hand knitting doily, and, he, and now it's pink. I can't. There's get a it word white you don't again. hear anymore. A doily. <laughs> I can't get it clean. So I wash it and I put it there, and I'm hoping the sun bleaches it, whatever. So she comes home several months later, and it bleached it, but not where the lamp was, because when she lifted the lamp up, there was a round circle of pink stuff. <laughs> so I had to come clean. <laughs> Sorry, Graham, you're doily. <laughs> So, so this, I mean, there's, there's doily stained with alcohol. Right. There's yeah. women's underwear hanging oh, from no. lamps. Oh, come on. I was dating the same lady, All and right, we well, ended what, up what? getting married. And, oh, seriously? You know, we ended up getting married. Yeah. So this is when you met your wife. This is this, the, in this yep. stage. You're yeah. From, yep. Right in college. So now you're working here full time. You got a car. You got a girlfriend. You got a, everything's moving, right. grooving. Do you think I need a house now? I need yeah. a lot. Yeah, 1985, got married, um, 88, built a, uh, bought a house, um, built a house the next year, and that's where we raised our kids in West Wyoming, and my, my daughters went to Wyoming area, so we, I, that's what I wanted. I wanted them in the same school district. But all this time you're at the desk, yeah. and you said you like to be the talker, the yeah. mover, the shaker. Were you thinking, I want to get on the air? Any no. Of those? You really weren't. I was real happy being on... Uh, where I was, I really was, and I don't know why. Because you were thinking I want to be I an anchor it. guy, never, I want to be a news guy. Never wanted, wanted to be in front of the cameras. Is that right? Ever? Nope. So for eight uh, eight years, you know, when you're working in the news business, and when a flood comes, you you know, you just stay and work thirty six hours straight. I love that. I thought that's going to be the rest of my life, but obviously things changed in nineteen ninety. Uh-oh, what a yeah. transition. Yeah. Turn the page, baby. Yeah, 1990, the general manager came and said, hey, you know, the show Pennsylvania Outdoor Life's been on the air for eight years, and its ratings are really good, but they're starting to slip a little bit. We think we need another per- producer on that. Not an on-air person, a producer. Producer. So I, he said, um, would you mind leaving the news desk and being the producer? And I, I thought, oh, next week you're going to give me a pink slip. Nobody's so this wasn't your idea? Not at all. So he said, you're the only guy in the staff that hunts and fishes, and we really want to invest Get time in this show. Here. And he says, and you could pick any news, any news cameraman you want. And I picked Larry Lavelle, who I turned later found out Larry was sort of warned that I was going to tell him, you know, pick him because he was one of the best cameramen ever to live around here. So what do you mean? You were picked to, to find stories but not be in them. Is that what you mean by that? I, actually, there were no rules. We want you to produce. So I became a, a producer reporter. So I, my voice was on the air asking questions. And when we went to an archery place, I would shoot a bow. So I slowly but surely became a reporter. And then, and then they said, hey, you know, why don't you become the anchor? So, and that was like a 1991. So I was a reporter producer for a year. And in like 91, I sat in a hot seat. And that's it. Been so there before, for 28 be- years. But before that... 
What was Pennsylvania Art to Life doing? What was it like? I don't remember. It was one cameraman that didn't really hunt, but they did a great job. Don't forget. Like, they, so, but you know, it was similar to your stories, only less involved or yeah, less diverse. Yeah, well, Stan Soa, right? He was full-time as a, um, oh, that was a his surveyor. Job. Right, oh. he was full time as a surveyor, so he only gave sun, uh, Saturdays. Oh, that's right. right? So he, yeah, Joe yeah. Zone, who to this day still people come up to me and say, "I'll never forget when Joe Zone was holding the fishing rod the wrong way and, and pretended like he was fishing. He had the spinning rod upside down and was reeling it the wrong way." And not for a joke, did no? Know. He didn't know. So he was a sports he guy was, that they just kind of added they, there as a flunky. Yeah, your TV. You're the TV oh, guy. So he wasn't into it. Yeah, no, no. He didn't do. He didn't hunt. He didn't fish. He didn't do anything. So when you were asking, you're now uh, the voice and the face for this. Right. Is it like? Do you feel the juices flowing? Yeah. Like this is where you're meant to be. Yeah, we did. We did. Our, <laughs> yeah, we did our yeah. first cookbook. We did our first expo. Um, we realized, wow, we have a hidden gem here. This is 1991 you know? too. Yeah, 91, 92. Yep. And then it just got, and we started doing. So we printed three cookbooks over the years, and we did expos until like four or five years ago. We were doing expos. When was this show on before you got there? And then did it change time? I it don't did. It was Saturday night at seven. Back in the 80s. Yeah, for a couple of years. Maybe for even longer, but it was starting to get kicked off for football, and there were some times that it, it wasn't. There wasn't a really good time slot. So when you took it over, it was still Saturday night. No, it had just they had just put it on Sunday night at six thirty. Oh, so that's when it changed. There yeah, too. pretty right around that time period. Yeah, so I don't know any other time period, but Sunday night at six thirty. So it's you, Soa, Stan Soa, um, and every now and then, like Tim, Tim Carlson would sit in. Oh, okay, Mike Stevens would do a feature for us every now and then. Like we'd send him out to, to do a story on a outdoor artist or somebody, you know, beautiful weather right. hike. But no, that was it. But I have to get this in because I forgot. You, we were at the airport Newswatch 16 in an right. office. Yeah. And they had a little cheesy fake background. They did. And then I think it was 86, 87, New York Times bought Newswatch 16, built this gigantic, beautiful building. 87, 88. 87, 88, yeah. So was that when a cabin was built, too? When the cabin was built in, like, 93, 94. Oh, so this place was here. Yeah. Where were you doing outdoor life here? In, Just inside a, the studio. So it was another fake background. Another fake background. And a carpet and an, and an old uh, wood stove that went nowhere. Like, it just sat there. And that's 90... I'm going to say 90, 93, 94. And I'm then we started because working. I started here in 93. So that's what I'm trying the to get The cabin wasn't here yet. The cabin was not here. No, I uh-uh. thought it was. 93, 94, we built the cabin. Coons brother said, you guys need your own cabin. We'll give it to you. Just say thank you to us at the end of every program. And we did. So a new log cabin gets built right, right on here. our property next to the building. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. That would not, so you can't take credit for that idea? Um, yeah. Well, actually, when we were, Coons brothers got into one of our expos. Right, uh-huh. selling uh, log cabins, yeah. and we just started talking, and they said, "We'll give it to you." So Warren Reed and and myself went out to Coons Brothers out in Central Pennsylvania. We said Picked what we like, out. and they brought it over, built it right here. Look at this. We this. did tons of stories on it. Home and Backyard did stories on it. This guy who's driving around in his grandmother's car. <laughs> Who's failing out of East Stroudsburg? I'm having cabins built. (laughs) Now he's getting cabins built. He's becoming the face, an icon, a legend. This is all evolving. Well, thank you, but yeah, I'm just. I always say I'm just a guy that you know that listened to a college professor. Number one, and then a second college professor. I remember um, asking somebody asked in the class. So, how do you know what the perfect job is? Like, how do you pick your life? And he said, I'll never forget this either. He said, Here's what you do. You find out what you really love to do, and you get somebody to pay you to do it. 
<laughs> and I thought, man, I have hit it. I have hit a home run on that on that statement. Yeah, you and I have both done that. Well, so it worked for yeah, us. Yeah. You're, you're a weather geek. I guess if you, you like, fo- teaching. if you just you got to follow. I just heard this recently. You ever hear since your kid? Everyone's heard this. Find something you love, and then you don't have to work a day in your life. Right. Yeah. But they updated that. This guy said he said find something that you know you're better than other people at doing. Right. And then follow that. Because if you love something, like you love yeah, the environmental yeah. science, you may not have been cut out for it, right. but you know you do that better than other people. So that drove you in a way. You yeah. were following this compass. Yeah. And isn't it funny it went, it went full circle? Because now I get to do stories with biologists. Yeah. You know? So that's right. You're and doing yeah, it anyway. I mean, I've held just about every animal in the state of Pennsylvania, put tags and ears of dozens of animals, bands around birds and everything. I would never have actually done that, you know, if I stayed yes. in environmental studies. You would have probably been some... A, some nerdy <laughs> ranger, a, or sit at a desk and, yeah, and you're, write, you're sitting at biological whatevers. You know, <laughs> honestly, I get I get to go out and do a little bit of everything, and that is just. I mean, I've come full circle with that in a way. So through the '90s, uh, or should I not ask this? Did the ratings start to skyrocket? Did the yeah. show continue to get popular? Yeah. And it's still getting more yeah. popular. It's, '90s, it, I mean, 2000s. Ratings are a little messy nowadays because yeah. you used to be you had one way to get your TV. You know, over the air and then Three cable. Right now, you got satellite, of, yeah. you got rebroadcast, you got social this and media. That. So I would like I, I go more by public opinion. I mean, you know what it's like. We go out and we, we sit there and at a restaurant, and somebody will just say, "Hey, don't want to bother you, but I love your show." Yes. Or you're, you're getting gas in Pottsville, and three people come up and ask, "Can I get my picture taken with you?" That's a, that means we're doing our job. I just mentioned that on a podcast yesterday. I love that. Every, yeah. I think every human being needs positive reinforcement. Sure. If you're a guy who just did the electrical work in someone's house, you want the owner to say, you did a great job, every man. Every switch wor- works. Yeah, this works great. <laughs> Thank you. Everybody needs that. So yeah. I, don't, don't, you know, I don't think anyone should feel bad about that. No, it's but, great. but there also is a time and a place. You know, if you're sitting in a very romantic restaurant with your girlfriend and, and <laughs> you know, you don't want a camera shoved in your face. You're making me uncomfortable. For, for somebody else. I'm uh, picturing Don Jacobs being a romantic. Uh, uh, uncomfortable. We're holding hands. Stop we're go- it. We're Google eyes across the candle. And anyhow, <laughs> I don't want a phone stuck in my face. Hey, here's my kid's first trout. You know, or look at the buck I killed last yeah. week. And, and and my girlfriend, Lucy, she laughs at it all the time because we're literally standing or sitting someplace really engaged in conversation. And a phone will just go flying in front of my face. Uh, That's yeah. my buck from last year. Uh, yeah. You know, and I, I would have gladly have but said he, to the guy, hey, can I just finish my dinner? I'll come over. We'll talk. But, you know, sometimes people just. I know. But, Jake, you should take that as a compliment because, I you do. know, it means guys like you and me are approachable. Yeah. We don't, you know, there's mm-hmm. some that are uptight and stuffy and they're like oh i'm not going to talk to them yeah but we let our guard down and let I, it all in baby. i can honestly tell you i don't think there's anybody out there that said i've ever snubbed them like i would i'm sometimes when i was with my kids i'd say buddy i'm with my kids like how yeah. about you this you know here's my card call me and we'll talk about whatever you wanted to talk about or whatever like i would but i, I don't think i've ever been really ignorant to anybody you're not a snubber i'm not i'm not and and, and if i did and i and anybody's listening i apologize it must have been the timing but i answer every email that i get i answer every text message you know you if if somebody writes me a letter i'll write them a letter back like that i'm i'm that i'm that kind of guy cuz that bothers me when people aren't that kind of person. And you're this friendly, jolly guy around here. Well, thank you. Yeah. I got to say this because um, since the late 90s, I, I started doing the Gojo bike rides. And I think, do you remember your first one that where you joined me? It would, would it be Gojo? I I, but the point is. Inside the viewing area. One inside the yeah. viewing area. And the point is that even though I'm this um, appearing to be outgoing, fun, frivolous guy. 
right. and I love meteorology. Uh, I don't like being out in public. I, I get uncomfortable. Yeah. So here comes Don Jacobs to the rescue. So I love when you join me on the bike rides. You seem to be like uh, uh, the, the, the guy who can handle the crowds, right. command the crowds, and I just kind of cower in the background. But it also, I mean, how many times have you stood there and said, here comes Mean Jake, he's going to take well, me away. Bit. That's I know. our bit. I'm not Mean Jake. <laughs> here comes Mean Jake, he's going to grab me and take me away, people. See ya. Jake, that's the bit. And In the, mean, in the meantime, you've got red other. welts all uh, over yeah, you from yeah, being he, in, too, in the crowd too yeah, long. Yeah, I do. I get welts in the neck. I, I just don't, I don't like to be that guy. <laughs> you like to be that guy. I don't like to be that yeah. guy. That's just genetics. I can't change and that. And there's a thing. That when you look at me, when you're in that crowd, I see your eyes saying, please get me out of here. Yeah, but, but no offense but not to the mean. No, no, not no, mean. No, no, no. It's just not me. Right. It's just not me. And, and let's face it, Joe, you, when you gather a crowd, I mean, you're not talking two or three people deep. They're usually like out there. They're 15 or 20, and everybody's trying to, you know, touch your calf or take a picture with you. Just like you were before yeah. this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm only human, buddy. <laughs> but seriously, you— That's when why you, we work good together. And, 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 yes. But, again, you don't, you don't diss anybody. You know, even though no, even though you, it's, you're uncomfortable in the crowd, when you look at me that way, or when you just like you, you know, roll your eyes a little bit, like I need to get out of here, I respect that. We work on it. We get you out of the crowd, but you still don't snub anybody, and and that that's a kudo for you. Yeah, we're not snubbers. Yeah. I appreciate everyone coming out supporting St. Joe's and the bike ride, and you helping me out. Yeah. And there we are, plowing through the '90s into the 2000s. Yeah. Your Pennsylvania outdoor life guy. Yeah. <clears throat> it's yeah. now 2019. Right. Is it stronger than ever? It is. It really is. And I'm going to say stronger than ever because the people that are still hunting and fishing, they need the local touch, right? Because you can get a satellite show. You want to see deer get killed? You can go to any of the satellite shows and see somebody sitting there and he's going to shoot a deer or he's going to shoot a turkey. We, most of the time, our stories, because we only get one or two days to shoot, we come back without a deer. So we make it about the guy we were sitting with. Or the father and son that's, that took us hunting that day. So we're, we're doing a story on it regardless. It's not necessarily about the kill or the biggest fish. And we try to teach. So if we catch small fish that day, we still have to air the story, but we ask the guy, how do you catch fish? And he shows us how to fish. So I, I think there's a need for that. And, that's, and plus, there's people that come up and say, I don't hunt or fish, but you take me back to my childhood. There's there's something I leave your show. You know me. I'm not yeah, a hunter, right. a fisher guy. Just I am. I love being outside. I put you on Sunday nights as background stuff, and it makes me feel all warm and cuddly. See, I'm that old man on TV. No, I don't know. It's like the voice of Walter Cronkite or something, right? I mean, no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> Who's the mutual of Omaha guy? Maybe that's <laughs> uh, Kirk Gowdy. Is or, that yeah, it? Maybe? Or, yeah, I don't whoever. know. It's something like that. I don't know. It's just a good feeling. I love it. Well, you know, and and if I take people back, and you know, they'll say the good old days. I can't tell you how many stories I've done. Um, Like, for example, I like to cook. So I've integrated outdoor cooking into Pennsylvania Outdoor Life. So I like to cook. So the other other year, I thought, well, you know what I haven't had in a while is a deer liver. So the next deer I kill. That's gross, dude. See, but but it's grouse to you, but let me finish. So I'm thinking, boy, I'm going to cut this liver right on camera. Now that may be gross. And and all this is going through my head, but I thought, these people, if you don't really like it, you'll, you'll turn your head. Yeah. But how many people grew up eating that kind of stuff? And, and a tradition that we had, my dad and I, if we shot a deer, we took home the liver. We had it that night for dinner. I love it. And I love liver, period. Well, so I, here I am on this set of POL with the whole deer liver. I slice it. I, I bread it. I fry it for TV. How many people, nobody said, oh, my God. They said, oh, my goodness, you made it look so good. I used to do that. Next deer I shoot, I'm going to keep the liver. That was a that's a high. 
Well, I was going to say, me saying it's gross is just my ignorance. Right. I admit yeah. that. Who says you can eat the, the biceps of an animal, but no, not the liver? Right, That's exactly. just, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I'm I, actually, probably the next year I shoot, I may take the heart and do some pickled deer heart. I mean, that's as Pennsylvania <laughs> Dutch as you get. It's all cultural. You know, it's all cultural. Yeah. And honestly, I'm never doing it for the gross factor. No, I know. You know, I'm, I'm doing it because that's how I was raised, and I want a little bit of me left behind. We're all victims of our culture. Yeah. And, um, and, and I, I, I've, I heard this before. What do you think about this? This is true fact. Um, an, a pig, many species of pig, are just as smart as dogs. Okay. Because they have this ugly face and they're squat and they're hairless for the most part. Right. We can kill them, maim them, eat them, and ground them up. But if you right. did that to a dog, you'd be thrown in jail, rightfully so. Right. But there's a contradiction in the world right there. And, and they the are same just thing with as horses. smart. Horses. Right. Well, how, separate a horse from a cow. Yeah, there is none. There is none. Except we ride horses and we pet horses and yes. horses are our friends. But in France and other other countries, horses on menus. Yeah. And, and, and we you know, shouldn't frown on them. And like I mean, bugs, it, too. I mean, we're, we're the only cultural the society. Future. We're the only society <clears throat> that doesn't eat some form of bugs. There's so much protein. Yep. That could be the future. Let's, yep. let's have... I think they call the, uh, the the grasshopper the the chicken of the sea. It's the it's the, it's the chicken of the Mock land. Lobster. Yeah, that's it. And I believe in the future. We can look back a hundred years, two hundred years ago, and, and and maybe you're not going to agree with me here. And we look back on people who would practice slavery, and it's gross and disgusting, and it's a horrible okay. history of humans. Okay. I think two hundred years from now, they may look back on this time. Don't be offended. When we used to harvest and murder animals right and they may look back on us like that because the future is harvesting meat growing it on a scaffold so we may not need the animal in the future we can just grow its flesh through genetic engineering and eat it that way and it'll oh, taste you exactly are so the same that's you are so deep i'm ringing the bell on you okay but i'm just saying but that could be the future now you can still appreciate hunting and be an animal lover right but maybe they won't be i'm talking about butcher shops. Yeah. i'm talking about mass Cows being harvested. It, we, I don't think anyone likes that, do they? I, you know what? You don't have a problem. I, with I, no, I don't. I don't. Here and here's the other thing. I'm I'm a porkaholic. Okay, <laughs> right. I, I'm, I'm, I I admit they're people. Smart creatures, Hello, my name man. is Donald. Hello, Donald. I'm smart, a porkaholic. They're smart creatures. They're brilliant, but they're tasty. Okay, <laughs> I'm not. And 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 they I am grow, not judging you. I'm just trying to give you a different perspective. My buddy, my buddy raises them. So in October, he picks up the little baby piglets, and they are only maybe a pound and a half. Cute and smart. By April, they're 285 pounds. <laughs> what other animal gains 285 pounds in seven months or eight months? They're feeding the world, man, and it's I delicious. I understand Bacon. that. I get all you, that. You I am not judging. Look, I'm just trying to give you a different perspective. You don't look like a Scrapple guy either. I don't really like uh, Scrapple. I told my wife I want to limit my diet to, to chicken. And, and turkeys, because they're really dim-witted and no one's getting oh, hurt. Geez. I know. I, it's, oh, man. Are, what, what, what about the dog thing? What if you heard that in Taiwan they were raising dogs? I would dogs? eat it. I have no problem. You would eat it. I would eat and it. And I am not judging you. I'm just, that's right. an interesting and, perspective. And, 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 I would, and I would eat it. And, I, and, and believe me, people love their animals. But they also, if you have a horse, you're never going to eat a horse. If you're a dog lover, you're not going to eat a dog. But if those, if those animals were raised specifically to go in a frying pan in a yeah. different culture, who are we to judge? No, are, I know. I'm, right? I'm, these are, we're just doing so some if, deep so, thinking. Yeah, I'm so with if you. I'm in that culture, I am going to try it. Like, you know, when, when in Rome, I will try it. 
I have no problem. I would I would love to go to a culture that lives on beetles and bugs Me too. and try some. Me too. I would I would not have a problem. And it's not a gross out factor. And don't come up to me and say, you want to eat a beagle. No, I don't want to eat a beagle. I'm just saying in that society, it's accepted. I would try it. Definitely try it. I respect that. Last question, then we're going to get to some questions from people. Okay, go ahead. Um, let's say you and I are on a plane. Yep. We're, uh, I don't know, it's like a small, we're flying at 5,000 feet. Right. The pilot conks out, I don't know. Yep. He had a stroke. Plane goes down. Yep. He lands successfully. Somehow it landed successfully. Okay. Uh, I flop over, I'm dead. Right. We're in this deserted part of North Dakota. Okay. Uh-oh, three, four days are passing. No yep. help. Yep. You can't walk. It's freezing out. Okay. There's me and my naked buttocks. Okay. This is your only way to survive. Are I don't get have, to ring the bell right now. Are you going to have a little piece of me? I'm dead. There's meat in front of you. Why not? It's sample I, me. And- I am going to reserve judgment. <laughs> I'm going to simply tell you that desperate, desperate times call for desperate measures, and I'm a survivor. So like the, so, like the song Timothy, I growing think- up with from the boys. <laughs> Trapped in a mind that had caved in. Yes. I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> However, I will survive, and they will find me somehow. <laughs> and whether you're there in body parts, or you, <laughs> and and I'm licking bones, or All you're right. I buried you outside, we'll never know. All right, I I'm, think I'm, I would have a tasty buttocks. <laughs> that's, that's all oh, I'm going to say. I don't want to say. All right, here we go. Some questions. <laughs> Eric wants to know: Is he single? I may have a friend interested. Oh, how do you like that? I'm going to answer that question very clearly. I am in love with my girlfriend. Her name is Lucy. We met after a, 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 a terrible end to my, to my marriage seven years ago, and we've been living together. She's a, a lead singer in the band that I. That's how we met. Her band was playing at the Black and Blue Ball. I was the MC. I tell everybody our microphones met, touched, and it was magical after that. But no, I'm not single. I'm with my girlfriend, Lucy, and very happy. All right. End of that question. This is a lightning round. Are you doing any more shows on cooking? You make an awesome chef with meals. Oh, so well, you do that all the time, right? Yeah, I do. Was yeah. that a specific show they were referring no, to? No, no, no. I mean, we do them all the time. I just did one three weeks ago. I made a wild mushroom stir fry and venison backstraps. And we hopefully you'll get a couple other recipes coming up here. But I love cooking, and I love taking it back to the basics, what I grew up with. I think if you do more of the cooking thing, I don't know if this is a sexist statement, but I think more women would be interested in the program, right? Or- well, you know what? And, I mean, I have guys that say every time you do a cooking show, as soon as it's over, I have to get up and go to the refrigerator. You make me hungry. So I guess, yeah. I guess there's a little That's bit of all both. Right. Yeah, That's all a right. A little bit of both. Don is the best. Really like that guy. Uh, why doesn't the Game Commission introduce elk to the northeastern part of the state as they are doing in the western part of the state? Is that true? No. Well, they, there's only one elk herd, and okay. I just came back from it yesterday. It was there for two days, bugling elk, all kinds of elk everywhere. But they're concentrated in the central part of the state near the town of Benazet and St. Mary's. In but elk, they, were in, they were taken there? They were introduced um, years there? Years and years ago, back in the 20s, 1990, because we had, we had totally decimated the elk herd that lived here. So now it's Slowly but surely, we're at about 1,100 elk in the state, but they're all concentrated right there. Is that right? Yeah. So I'm going to say that the there's not enough continuous land in any other part of the state that we think of that we can move elk and it would work. That's the belief. Because, you know, I think there's 200,000 acres of state forest and game lands in that area that they can live. Uh-huh. So I don't think we're not moving elk. I was just with the biologists. No trap and transfer. We tried that years ago, and it didn't work. Um, we moved some to the town of Renovo, north of Renovo, and it just did not work. Um, 
So be in biological harmony, ecological harmony. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's and work. and and human conflict because the the, her, yeah. the the one that got sent out there, all the all the elk that we took, trapped and transferred and moved up to a spot in, north of Renovo were killed by farmers because they were ruining their crops. Is that right? So they said, we're not going to do that again. So as everything, it's a complex subject. It really is. But a great show coming up on the elk in about two or three weeks. There you go. Uh, and this, I think we addressed what happened to all of the people who used to be on the show. We got through most of them, right? Yeah. Stan So passed so. away. He passed away. Right. Um, uh, 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 Joe Zoe. Joe Zoe moved away. He's still doing sports, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. He's a director, sports director, I think, up in Syracuse. Okay. Who else? Um, we have Tim Carlson, who's passed away. Passed away. God rest his soul. Manny Gordon was one of the other hosts for a time. Manny Gordon. Yeah. Enjoy, a- enjoy. <laughs> Jane Adonisio is still around. She actually co-hosted the show for a little bit. These are like trivia questions that I use when I go out and do some public speaking. Yeah. Mike Stevens, co-host for a while, yeah. he's still around. Uh, Ken Hunter, when he left, he just went on to do more artwork and more outdoor writing. And now you're just stuck with me. Do you see anyone uh, here? Like, uh, I hate to go into the future, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. I, want, I don't think. I, don't, I can't. Usually John, there's someone. John Myers does hunt. Right. You know, he he does enjoy it. And there's a couple of people behind the scenes here. Brian that, H., I can see him doing that. He won't do it. He won't do it. Brian Hongshead has said, I'm not going on the air, Jake. I see what you deal with everywhere, <laughs> and I just don't want to do that. He has, I've tried. We yeah. may do a podcast together, but he's still fighting me on that one. Is that right? Yeah. He just doesn't want, want the limelight. And believe me, he's one of the most talented people I with know the camera and editing. You know, now he's got the drone, so we've, you know, he's a yeah. pilot to do that. So, no, he's a, he's a great Joe, but he's not going to be on TV. So let's say Don Jacobs leaves this studio right now. Right. There he is on the Casey Highway. Right. An alien spaceship. Right. Or, sends down the beam, right. takes you away to another dimension. Or I get hit by the rolling beer truck. I don't. <laughs> and, I, and, I don't and I don't. Coke, and I don't. No, the old coke, wouldn't the coke truck be irony? Yeah. <laughs> but no, I get hit no, by the rolling beer truck, and I'm not here tomorrow. You're taken away to another universe, we're, we're, but you're nice and safe. What happens? We're starting to address that. I mean, oh. I mean, I'm, I'm hopefully I'm here, but but see if I if for some reason I get you sick and I can't. We need a backup quarterback, and we realize that the show is embedded in in the community, yeah. and we don't want to lose a heartbeat. Like we don't want to. When I leave to fight for that, we want it in a game plan. But I'm not planning on retiring. Like I said, I got divorced seven years ago. I got to work until I'm 90. Yeah. So, <laughs> is that advice to me? Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, we we're addressing that. You know, we're addressing if if this is my legacy, I don't want it to die when I'm when I'm no longer here, when I retire or whatever. So we're addressing that. There it is. We're being addressed with that subject. And the uh, the final thing is you have a podcast, right? We Tell do. We've, we've only done a couple of them. We've got we've had some biologists on, some field staff members. Um, you know, maybe uh, maybe you and I could do one on, on my subjects next time, you know, about hunting and fishing. And, and I can have more uh, odd bit. stories about my buttocks yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah. plane yeah. crashes yeah. and survival. Right. But but if you if you go to the WNEP slash podcast, yeah. right? Dot, dot com or slash. just sur- yeah, yeah, search them. Right. Um, well, we have four of them. We plan on getting some more. I just did one on CWD with the biologist from okay. the Game Commission who's you know really trying to straighten out everybody's belief on what CWD is, chronic wasting disease. So it's more serious than this one, put it that way. <laughs> hey! <laughs> no, but we I got a lot of... Yeah, we, yeah, we, You're the dog eater. We, don't be saying that. <laughs> 
<laughs> and the and the heart and the liver eater yeah, too, yeah. and the scrapple eater. Well, I thought we had a good time, brother. Am I leaving anything out? You are not, Joe. You are you are an incredible guy. I love your personality. You know, when you and I do get together it's every great, now and yeah. then socially, Magic happens. My I love che- you my too, che- man. My cheeks are always sore from laughing. So this is just a great time, buddy. Thank well, I'm going to stand me. off in the distance before we say goodbye. Look at this, buddies. I see Come it. On, that's get a lot of meat. There. I see it. That's a bicycle. I, I see the bicycle seat embedded in your buttocks. That's what I see. <laughs> what would that be? A fillet? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. A rump roast. Oh, man. there you go. All right. Thanks for coming in, man. Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything, Mister Curiosity.